Hello and welcome to the 124th episode of Crosby's Nine, where we look at English from all angles. So many of you have probably heard that there were two key NFL games yesterday, and both underdogs won. Please repeat, both underdogs won. Well, if both underdogs win, it's pretty surprising, isn't it? It's pretty surprising when the underdog wins the game or the match because nobody, usually nobody, expects the underdog to win. That's why they are called the underdog. But before we talk about the meaning of underdog, I'm talking about two key games that took place in the NFL yesterday. The San Francisco 49ers upset the Green Bay Packers 13-10. to And the Cincinnati Bengals upset the Tennessee Titans, 19-16. to Please repeat, Tennessee. We don't say Tennessee, we say Tennessee. So, again, the 49ers upset the Packers and the Bengals upset the Titans. I'm talking about the 49ers who now have advanced to the NFC Championship game. Remember the way we pronounce championship. Even though we see the combination there, S and H, we don't say championship We say championship. Yeah, it's the championship game, the NFC championship game, which will take place next week. And, uh, of course, the Bengals will advance to the AFC championship game. So we have the NFC championship game, the AFC championship game next week. And, of course, the winner of each championship will face off in the Super Bowl. So, but back to the word upset and underdog. Let's look at these two concepts. Now, underdog, of course, many of you know this word. Underdog means the team least likely to win. The team or the person or the individual least likely to win a match or a game. When I think of underdog, I think of this cartoon character that was on TV when I was a kid. Underdog. Underdog was a dog, a cartoon dog, who was like a superhero, and nobody ever expected him to capture the bad guy. Nobody ever expected him to capture the criminal because he was the underdog. But he always did. He always caught the bad guy. And his phrase was, there's no fear, underdog is here. So again, if you're the underdog and you win the game, you upset your opponent. Please repeat, if you're the underdog and you win the game, you upset your opponent. That is a verb, to upset somebody. In this case, we're talking about beating the team that's the favorite. Remember, the underdog is the team least likely to win. So if the underdog wins the game, the team upsets its opponent. And the noun is upset. So please repeat, the underdog upsets its opponent, and it's called an upset. Do you hear the difference? The noun is pronounced upset, and the verb is upset. So, back to the NFL. The Bengals upset the Titans and the 49ers upset the Packers. Of course, the losers were upset. Pardon the pun. (laughs) Are you familiar with that expression? If I say the losers were upset and I say pardon the pun, I say that because when we say pardon the pun, we say it when we don't try to make a joke with a double meaning or a double entendre. Remember the word pun also is a play on words. So if I say, of course the losers were upset, it's kind of like a joke. And then I say, pardon the pun. 
because it has two meanings. If I say the losers were upset, of course, that means that the losing team was beaten by the underdog. And that was my intention. That was my original intention. I say, of course, the losers were upset, meaning the losers were beaten by the underdog. But when I say pardon the pun, I say that because there is another meaning to, of course, the losers were upset. What's the other meaning of the verb to upset? To disturb somebody. Well, of course the losers were upset. Of course the losers were disturbed that they had been beaten by the underdogs. So the Packers and the Titans were upset, and they were upset because they lost to the underdogs. Question. When you're watching a football match or a tennis match or a soccer game or a basketball game, if your favorite team isn't playing, who do you root for? Please repeat. Who do you root for? What does the verb to root for mean? Are you familiar with this? To root for means to express or show support for a team or a person. So, again, my question is, if your favorite team isn't playing in a match, which team do you root for? I typically root for the underdog. It's more exciting, isn't it? It's more exciting to root for the underdog. Now, please repeat these sentences, these questions. It's really helpful for your listening comprehension. Ready? Who do you root for? Who does she root for? Who did you root for? Who did he root for? Who will you root for? Who will they root for? Who have you rooted for? Who would you root for? Who would she root for? Okay. Now go back and listen to this podcast and make sure that you were able to repeat those questions just like I dictated them to you. Dictation is such a great thing too. We'll talk about that later. Now, I want to inaugurate a new game here on Crosby's Nine. It's called, are you ready? The vowel game. What are the vowels in English? A, E, I, O, U, and sometimes Y, but almost never. So, the main vowels are A, E, I, O, and U. Are you ready to play? We are officially inaugurating the vowel game. Here are the rules. I spell a word and you say it. That's it. It's easy, right? But of course, you have to get the pronunciation right and you have to know what the word means. Here we go. M-A-R-E. Mare. What's a mare? It's a female horse. The next one. M-E-R-E. Mere. Mere is an adjective, which means being nothing more than. For example, we are mere mortals. Next one. M-I-R-E. Mire. Mire. This is an area of the earth that's very wet and deep and sticky. It's like a bog. We pronounce it mire. M-I-R-E. Next one. M-O-R-E. More. It's another adjective, which means greater in the amount of something or greater in number or greater in size. Like, for example, let's learn more English. Next one, M-U-R-E. Hmm. Well, it doesn't really mean anything. You could try to pronounce it like more, but M-U-R-E as a word doesn't exist in English, but it sounds like M-O-O-R, more. So the question here is, what's a moor? Well, a moor is like a, an open area of hills covered with grass. It's a geographic term. Take a look in the dictionary, look it up. But we use this word moor, particularly in Britain, 
for an area covered with a lot of rough grass. All right. How did you do on this little test, this little quiz, this game that we are now going to incorporate into Crosby's Nine called the Vowel Game? Okay, now what I want you to do, please, listeners, is go back and listen to this podcast, particularly listen to the questions I asked you to repeat. And any new vocabulary that you hear in this podcast, start using it in your day-to-day English. If you put it into practice, you will start to use it naturally. But you have to force yourselves to do it. Even if it doesn't necessarily make too much sense, you have to implement these new expressions and phrasal verbs and vocabulary words so that it comes naturally when you speak English. All right. Well, once again, I want to thank everybody for listening to Crosby's Nine. Thanks for tuning in. I'll see you soon. Bye-bye.